Hi, this is Variety Shunivere for Akashi Media Podcast Live, giving you an update on our audience listenership. Joining us, Italy. What's up, Italy? Italianos over there in Italy. Thank you so much for joining me on Akashi Media Podcast Live and my audience listenership. Continue to download us. Continue to stream us. Continue to listen to us. I am so happy to have you on the board of Akashi Media Podcast Live. And also, we still have with us the Philippines. Thank you, Philippines. Ghana. Thank you, Ghana. Mexico. Thank you, Mexico. Germany. Thank you, Germany. Canada. Thank you, Canada. And my United States of America. Thank you, USA. And UK, United Kingdom. Thank you, United Kingdom. Ireland. Thank you, Ireland. And India. Thank you, India. And I want to say a special thank you to Modi, my family, my relative, my blood, my ancestry DNA over there, the Prime Minister of India, who also gave a congratulations to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden for winning the election of 2020. Belgium. Thank you, Belgium. Russia, thank you, Russia. Singapore, thank you, Singapore. France, thank you, France. We're such a beautiful language of French. Argentina, thank you, Argentina. Brazil, thank you, Brazil. I remember when I was a little girl, I used to go see Opa Opa, see all those beautiful dancers shaking and grooving and everything. I can't wait to put my daughter in a costume over there in the Brazil. Netherlands, thank you, Netherlands. Benin, thank you, Benin. And Nigeria, thank you, Nigeria. I have a home over there in Lagos and the Banana Islands and Pineapple Islands. And family over there as well. Thank you so much. Sweden, thank you, Sweden, with all those beautiful hills going on the train. Oh man, it's beautiful over there. Sundan, thank you. Mozambique, thank you so much, Mozambique. Ivory Coast, thank you. And Guatemala, thank you, Guatemala. I love all of you so much. And thank you so much for tuning in to Akashi Media Podcast Live. This is Variety Shunavir, your podcaster host. Keep tuning in, keep listening, keep streaming, and keep downloading. I love you. Thank you. Hi, this is Variety Shanavir for Akashi Media Podcast Live. This is my segment for Thanksgiving. 
and I'm going to be talking about what I am thankful for. Well, the first thing is I am thankful for still being alive. I am thankful for having 52 years, going on 53 years next month, December 17th would be my birthday, and I'll be 53 years old. I'm also thankful for becoming a grandmother. Again, my fourth grandchild. I'm thankful for God allowing me to be a woman to have a child, which is my daughter named Kristen, but we don't have a good mother and daughter type relationship. However, I'm still grateful that I was able to produce just that one child. And I'll go into more details about that relationship soon. And also, I am grateful for my doctors. I'm grateful for Dr. Wong. Dr. Wong is my eye doctor that I've had for about maybe uh, three years, four years now, about three years now. Um, I was wearing contact lenses. I had been sleeping in my contact lenses and I almost lost my eyesight. And he saved my eyesight and I still have my vision. He took me out of my contact lenses, put me in my bifocals. I had to wear my bifocals for a long time. I don't sleep in contact lenses anymore. He was able to save my vision. I'm still able to see. Um, but over the years, when I had started wearing contact lenses at the age of 17 years old, I did never have corrective lenses. I always had high-class reading glasses contact lenses. The same thing with my reading glass. I mean, with my um, regular um, glasses, I never had corrective glasses to correct my vision. So my vision kept getting bad and poor over the years because I never had corrective glasses and I never had corrective lenses. And um, my... um, my eyes so now I have astigmatism in my eyes and I wear bifocals but I also wear contact lenses too so um, I'm back in my contacts but I don't sleep in my contacts anymore I have contacts I wear just once and throw them away those are the type of disposable lenses that I have now and I keep them clean and I realized something later on that when I was using saline solution saline solution is to rinse the contact lenses with I was putting them in the contact lenses solution of the saline solution but in storing them and then rinsing them off with it but they wasn't being disinfected and I didn't know that then there was I discovered that you have to get a 99% disinfected solution to disinfect the lenses, then put them in the saline solution to rinse them off. I never knew that. No one told me that. So when I had the saline solution, I always thought that they were being disinfected, but they wasn't. So all this stuff happened to my eyes over the years since I was 17 years old. So it's like messed up. So I'm fortunate to still be able to see and have my vision. However, as I get older, my vision is going to probably get a little worse as I get older. But um, 
because that's what it does with age. So we have to see, or it could get better. Um, so far, he said that my eyes haven't gotten worse. They're just at a standstill. So it's like to him a little better. So um, that's kind of like how it is. And also um, my eyes, when my um, doc, eye doctor, Dr. Wong, did my um, eye exam, he noticed that my eyes had scars in them. And um, he said, these scars are in my eyes. It's like someone took a knife and scraped my eyeballs. And um, he showed it to me in the x-rays. And um, he said, but these scars are very, very old. They're not recent, they're very, very old. He said, this had to have happened to you in childhood. So I remember a woman that used to keep me and babysit me and my sister, and she put iodine in my sister's eyes one time, and my mom ran in the um, den and said, what the hell are you doing? And she, I said, Mom, she put them eye drops in her eyes. And for some reason, she was a jealous woman. She was crazy. So I think she must have did the same thing to me because her eyes was burning and my mom went to go wash it out of her eyes. So that's what happened. So I'm grateful to um, still have my sight. Um, I see a lot of people that have, you know, their canes and everything that don't have their sight. But I am, um, well, I was getting ready to until the pandemic happened. But I am still going to be going to Braille school because I just never know what could happen. And um, I'm by myself. I don't have a support system with a lot of things that I do at home and in my personal life. So um, I have to learn on my own now to do this. But I'm an interior designer. And as an interior designer, I have plans to develop homes and design homes for people who have um, visual impairment and um, I'm one of them so I'm going to be learning once the Braille Institute opens back up again and and how to use Braille appliances how to use Braille you know um, the stove and things like that um, but the one thing I used to take um, acting classes as well too and in acting class we had a um, experiment where they blindfold you and you're walking with your partner and you feel the gravity under your feet and how it feels to have your sight taken. When your sight is taken and it's just pitch black, it's, it's a whole different world. It's like under your feet, it feels like there's nothing there. It feels like you're, you're sinking down into the earth. It feels like, um, like when you're walking in different places, it feel, the, the earth changes in the feeling of your feet and it is not comfortable. It feels like an elevator going drop, 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 and your stomach is dropping with it when you're walking. And that's the experience that um, that I have with um, uh, being blindfolded. So that's something that I learned. Um, also in martial art uh, class, which will be starting back up again whenever the pandemic is over with, but I'm going to be learning martial arts self-defense of how to defend myself blind and um, do martial arts blindfold and how to fight blind because I'm a woman and I live home alone so that's 
uh, um, something that I need to learn how to do. And uh, also, um, I'm grateful to not have no cancer. Cancer runs probably maybe in the family. I'm not sure. Um, but I had to decide that this not really the relatives because these were in-laws that had cancer. So I realized that's not really a blood relation. But there's some things that was running in the family that I just never picked up on uh, as far as health. And according to my health and my DNA ancestry, um, my health is pretty good. You know, um, there is my mama is Florence Ballard from the Supremes. Um, I'm her first child. I'm Nicole and I'm not Nicole Chapman. But um, I am my mom's daughter. But the one thing that's in my DNA ancestry, so far I have no schizophrenia. There's no schizophrenia. There's no mental illness. So I'm grateful for that. And um, I've always had great memory. I've always been astute in memory. And uh, my mom, to me, was always, uh, to me, had great memory, too. I've never seen anything psychotic or anything go crazy with with whatever people have talked about about my mom over the years she's never taken out anything on me she was never abusive she never yelled at me she never hurt me she never whipped me she never um blamed anything on me she was very calm person she never got emotional except once when she heard some music from Motown that was the only time I ever seen her break down and cry and I ran over to her to comfort her but other than that um that was it. I didn't. I, I didn't see her any other way. I didn't see any type of um, thing that was abnormal to me growing up with my mother. Um, so um, I'm. I'm grateful for that. Um, uh, what else am I grateful for? Uh, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm grateful for just being able to have great teachers over the years that have really been a great help to me and assistant to me in my life and I'm very fortunate to all my teachers that I've had through elementary school through college and I'm grateful for them as well it's nothing like having a great team of teachers to really help you and pull you through some things and days of things that you may be going through um uh that's it (laughs) so far really um I will say this, my relationship with my daughter is not all that. Um, my daughter Kristen, it's not all that. You know, I got a text message back from her. I was excited about going to see my grandkids in Detroit, Michigan. And at least I think they're still in Detroit, and then again, they might not be. Um, she sent me a text message back because I wanted to come see all four of them because I've only seen one grandchild and she has four and the man that she's with has never brought her out to see me and the kid and bring her kids to see me. I have a lot of friends who got children with children and they have no problem with bringing their kids to see their grandparent and that's not the case for me. My daughter never brings my grandkids to come see me to visit me. Um, I saw my grandson once when I went to my daughter's backyard wedding. Um, not wedding, but, well, I went to go see her elope in, um, in Detroit. 
and I was there and I saw my grandson for the first time we really clicked and cleaned together instantly emotionally and everything we had like so much in common we're just like so much alike in so many ways and Kenny is the first grandchild and he's an Aries um there's a lot of things about him that that I know that he's like me in a lot of ways um but my daughter and I don't have a good relationship anymore we used to be close when she was younger she's we're not close anymore um, what happened was I let my daughter visit Detroit, Michigan in 1999 for Christmas, and she was taken from me in a fake guardianship. And um, it was only supposed to be for two weeks, but what ended up happening is there was a winter storm there in Detroit, Michigan, and all the airports were closed. And we couldn't get her back to um, California until after the storm and everything was shut down during that time. And my daughter um, used to um, be in music videos and things like that and um, little Bow Wow and stuff like that, music videos and things. But she used to be um, what they call an entertainment uh, child that uh, could miss school but be on set with her teacher she had an on-set tutor teacher and she's be able to turn in her homework and she attended Bancroft Junior High School and um, she attended junior high school at Bancroft Junior High and um, you know she just had to turn in her assignments or she did her assignments before she went on set and she was in the entertainment section of the school at Bancroft Junior High. Bancroft Junior High, Jermaine Jackson went there, Brandy went there. A lot of celebrities attended Bancroft Junior High School and Hollywood High School as well, because that's where Michael Jackson went for school and the Jacksons and things like that. So, and other celebrities went there. Um, so during this guardianship, you know, things changed. Um, my daughter became different. And I went back for her after the storm, and she was already in this guardianship, and I couldn't believe it. I was never served documents with this guardianship. So my daughter was taken from me illegally. And then in this guardianship, they claimed that we were homeless, which we were not homeless. We were living in Los Angeles in a house. And um, no, we were in Torrance at the time. We were in Torrance at the time because I lived with my sister, Monique, and we had a five-bedroom uh, mini mansion. And actually, this mansion used to be owned by Floyd Mayweather, who is a childhood uh, friend of mine and um, my little Tom Thumb marriage husband. It's an Indian uh, tribal thing that you get married, you marry your children. And... Um, he was my spouse. He's still my spouse. We never got a divorce in that aspect. However, um, not that I know of so far. No one has ever um, did anything to me. But a lot of people have done a lot of things behind my back, do documents and stuff like that, and, and things behind my back. So if he ever divorced me, he's never told me about it, and he's never asked me for one, you know, as a grown-up. But... Um, but as far as I know, I don't know if things misserved or try to do something in the default. I don't know. But so far, he's never told me anything. He just asked me the last time I saw him when he was training for the Manny fight. He said, you still want to get married? I said, yeah, I still want to marry you. And he said, okay, cool. That was it. But um, other than that, um, you know, my daughter was taken from me in a, in a fake guardianship. And um, I got down there, and she wasn't herself. She started smoking weed and stuff like that. And this 
um, judge, Judge Burton, gave guardianship. I can understand. Why don't you give my daughter guardianship? And at the time, I did not know the situation with Detroit public schools. And those schools were being closed down. They had closed over 100 schools in Detroit, Michigan. And I could not understand how in the hell do you give a child who goes to school in California, been going to school in California, been living in California for 10 years with her mother, and give somebody guardianship without contacting the parent. I was just like fucked up, you know? And um, my daughter at the time was like 10 years old when this happened. So um, a lot of things changed. And what happened was, is that my daughter got this guardianship. This guardianship happened with my daughter, but just like things happened for me, people got guardianship over me. Um, I don't know how this happened, but, um, but whoever was on record, I wasn't living with. Same thing happened to my daughter. People went and got guardianship, but she wasn't in the custody of who they said was in guardianship. So she was with someone totally different. So that was crazy. Um, so um, people just need a piece of paper to get money off of kids and children to use them and everything. So, you know, so I just kind of like see this sequel of the Flo Ballard thing happening all over again. I see this whole situation all over again of what I went through as a child. So um, my daughter and I don't get along anymore. And uh, we see each other. Ooh, I haven't seen her in 10 years since she got married. I went there in 2010. And I saw my grandson. The guy seemed okay, the guy that, that she did marry. But she said it only lasts three months, which I knew it would do. But that's crazy. But recently, you know, I sent her a text message saying, hey, I want to come see the kids. She said, okay, but you can't stay here in my house. Woo, 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 woo. She started going off having problems. I really don't think that's my daughter through Facebook Messenger sending me text messages because it really doesn't sound like her because that's not her attitude toward me. At least that's not the attitude she used to have toward me. However, um, I am not shocked at some things that took place with her father. Her father had been in the penitentiary for 30 years, and he had never been in her life. I was a single parent. I took care of her for many years on my own, by myself, with no relatives, no help of anyone as far as providing for my daughter and things like that, the way that a mother should. I was not abusive toward my daughter. There was only twice that my daughter ever got spankings, and that's when she was becoming a teen, about 13 years old. And that's because my daughter um, stayed out all night with a little boyfriend that she met at her school. He was a senior. She was in 11th grade at the time. No? No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was 11th grade at the time, and he was a senior. And um, he was 17 going on 18. He wasn't 18 yet, so she was still 16. And she stayed out all night long. And um, she had actually asked me, um, Mom, she called me from school. She said, Mom, can I uh, go to the movies with my friends? I said, yes, but come home first because I want to give you your allowance. She never showed up at all. She stayed out all night. So at the time, I didn't have a car. I was taking a bus, and she was walking up the street with this boyfriend. I said, what the hell are you doing out all damn night? You know, get your ass home and get on the train. And we got on the train and stuff. So we got home. I said, you're grounded. Don't go back outside no more. You, you're grounded. You know, I didn't even whip her ass and beat her ass. I could have, but I didn't. 
and she stayed out all night long and um then she said okay later on in the evening she said mom um can I go to the store I said okay I let her go to the store because the store was across the street on the corner I was about probably 11 10 o'clock or something like that I lay down I woke back up two o'clock in the morning she wasn't in the house I said god damn it this girl ain't in the goddamn house what the hell is going on with this child you know and so I called the boy's family and he uh, he was staying with his guardian his mother lived in another state and I said is my daughter there she said uh no uh-uh. I said well is Jonathan there she said, yeah, he's here, but uh, no, he ain't got no company here. He said, well, let me go check the room. And then she went and turned on the light. There my daughter was in the bed with him. She said, who is that? Is that a boy? Because my daughter used to wear her hair tied back. He said, uh, no. He said, well, she's like, that's a girl. He's like, oh, my God. She's like, she's in a bed with you. What the hell? She said, oh, my God. She said, I'll bring her home in the morning. So I had to beat her ass that day. I was tired. He was fucking pushing my ass and I had to whip that ass and she'll whip your ass that day but I didn't do it so now you know um I had went to court with her previously in Detroit got her back and brought her back and stuff so then they go back in Detroit again and act like oh I still got custody of her down here in Detroit it was that type of thing so you know that's what happened so when I went to court again, she turned on me when she said, Mom, please come get me or whatever. Woo, woo, I don't want to come home now, whatever. And I went back and got her. When I went back and got her, she changed on me in the courtroom. Talking about, I don't want to go back. All that she put me through and all this other stuff. I looked at her. I said, you know what? Yeah, okay. You want to stay your ass here? I know these motherfuckers. You don't. So, yeah, okay. You already look like you about to be on a strip pole. She had her hair all tied uh, along with these braids and stuff. Looked like she was going to be on the strip pole and everything. Sure enough, pictures of her on the strip pole. She ain't drinking. She been uh, uh, dressing like a prostitute. She ain't smoke weed, drink alcohol, uh, been with all kind of guys, all kind of shit. You know, and I knew that was going to happen to her. So in the judge, I'm like, this motherfucker going to give a judgment in all the the uh, schools are closed. I didn't even know the schools were closed. It was just it was just messed up. And then what really pissed me off is that I ended up finding out the day after when I went up to her school. I should have went up to the school before the day of the courtroom uh, hearing, but I didn't. I found out she was kicked out of school because she had marijuana and cocaine weed. I was so mad. My daughter wasn't even doing drugs and stuff before she went to Detroit, Michigan. So, you know, um, now you got all these people down there in Detroit talking about, oh, I'm a bad mama. I ain't no good and stuff like that. So my daughter said that I couldn't come stay with her to come visit my grandkids. But guess who she let come stay with her? The father who was in prison for 30 years as a sex offender. But no, I can come visit my daughter. Oh, my God. But um, I don't believe that he was actually a sex offender. He had a crazy-ass girlfriend that just didn't want him to be with no damn body. I would have never been with him if he was that kind of guy. I don't think he did it, myself personally. But um, she's always been kind of close to her father anyway when she was a child. She didn't have that nature about him like, oh, my God, you know, his aura was like like that. So if he was, she wouldn't have went to him. 
so that's why I know. But yeah, you know, he was in prison for 30 years. And but I always knew she always wanted to be a part of her father's life. But um, she did, um, you know, wanted to stick out there for that reason, for some reason. But um, but I did tell her at the same time, your father's life has nothing to do with your life. You're not me. You're not your father. And, and, I, and you're not me. You know, so you can't really hate your parent for whatever mistakes that he made because it has nothing to do with you. He was in a different relationship and her father got married when he was a teenager at 16 years old. And God knows I ain't married nobody at 16. So, um, and he ended up having a wife and 16 years old and a son in high school. So that was the thing. And so she finally met her brother after 30 years um, for the first time and she met her brother for the first time they took pictures together and they put those pictures up on Instagram and Facebook so I don't know what happened but she ended up saying that dad ended up having this drug problem which he did have a drug problem and that is something that has always been an issue with me and men is that I've never had really a long-term relationship with men because my luck with men has been that um they like me but they don't like me um, most of the men in my life always liked the women who did drugs. They liked the high. They liked the sex that they do when they're high. So they always come back. So I was never that easy kind of girl. You know, I was more like slow, you know, taking my time, trying to get to know a person. That wasn't the case for me with guys. Guys wanted somebody who was a little bit faster than that a little bit more putting out than that and um they was a little bit more into other things you know so um I wasn't a stripper you know girl um I even though I danced in music videos but I wasn't the stripper I wasn't the, the vixen um but men like women that I was involved with they did drugs they did drugs they smoked they got high and sometimes when women smoke and get high, when they have sex, it's a strong um, nature that, that just turns a man on, and that's what keeps them. And a man likes a woman like that. So a man don't always like the little church girl or the little book girl or the girl going to school girl. You know, that wasn't always the case for me. So um, I got married once and um, before in Africa. I married a Nigerian. And hell, he even slept with a prostitute and ended up marrying her. So that's my damn, uh, what, what, what can you say about me and what I've been through with men? And yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. You know, not saying that I'm not all that or anything like that, but that's just, they was into drugs and things like that. And that's just, that's, that was it. You know, that's really have always been the tug and the pull is that I wasn't the party girl. I wasn't like that. And um, a lot of men have just always wanted that, that woman that just, just whatever, whatever they brought out of them, that lust, I just wasn't, I guess I just wasn't bringing it like that. I wasn't bringing it out like that with them. You know what I mean? Um, I guess you could say I was boring. I'm a bore, you know? Um, and, um, and, and the men are still with women like that. They're still with the same kind of women. So, you know, whatever they're doing, they're doing something right because they still got them. So, um, um, so I'm the one that's at home alone by myself. But at the same time, they still had abusive relationships with these men. And I didn't have abusive relationships with men. 
not in that aspect, you know. Uh, emotionally abusive I was with the marriage that I did have because when we got married, I had $3 million, and we shared it together, and he stole it all and gave it to the other woman. So it became a financial abuse, but that money was replaced by someone that um, that was uh, very close to me in Germany. So it was replaced, and I got the money back. But anyway, um, it was... Um, a lot of things. So now, you know, my daughter has uh, moved on with her life and got emancipated early at age. Uh, she had to be about 14, 15. She got emancipated in Detroit, Michigan. I was so heartbroken. I was towed up. I was so heartbroken. I walked out the courtroom. I didn't even finish signing documents. I said, fuck this judge. I left. I left and went home, you know. <laughs> And I can say one thing that I do got regrets of my relationship with Floyd Mayweather in a way, Floyd Mayweather, the legend, the boxer in a way, because he said, you know, you can live with me, you know, and stuff. But I was really trying to get my ass to California to do um, UCLA, go to college at UCLA Extension, which I did do. And then, you know, I am the original creator of Set It Off and Booty Call. And I'm going to tell you something about me. I always seem to got something somebody want, want and want to steal and take, whether it's money, my man, my kids, my family, or whatever the hell it is, my parents, whatever the hell it is. Somebody always want to take something from me. I just got it like that, y'all. I'm just, it's always been like that. But I guess not. it's not bad all the time the way I look at it, you know. But, um, but damn. You know, you you got something to steal, you you got it. I mean, whether it's your film script, my film script, or what it is, it, that's been stolen too. And um, but I, I I just got it like that. I always got something that somebody want. You know, and then they turn around like I ain't shit, like I ain't nobody, like they don't remember me and stuff like that. Um, people act like they me on TV and saying that that, that uh, that's Nicole. No, that's not Nicole. There are people that really know me, but, but hey, but, you know, go with the flow. People making their money, getting what they need. But you know, it's always been like that for me. Always been like that. You know, strange though, strange. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 saying this on my podcast because I um, I hope I'm not the only. I don't think I'm the only parent out there that goes through something like this. And I know there are a lot of parents out there that try to be good parents, try to be the best parent that they could, and then your children turn their back on you, they don't love you, they don't call you, they don't visit you. And it's really strange for my daughter to be in a relationship with someone like that because when she was living with me in California, she wanted me to know all her friends and everything. I know she's being abused. I know she's been neglected by men. In 2016, we were supposed to spend Christmas together and she was stabbed 16 times by a guy. This new guy that she got now, came into her life like the week after that you know and I thought that was just too soon and I said you need to come home just be with me you know come home you know and she got people that want to keep her there in Detroit they don't want her to come home and be with her mother Um, they don't want her around me and stuff and I really see to me like it's going to happen Like, they want things to happen, how things happened when I was a child, when my mother Florence died. Separate the children, the child died, the grandmother's around a little while, then she dies, then we got these kids separated, then foster care, or they're going to be in different homes. I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. I see all of everything that I went through with my life 
as Florence Child. That's it. You know, because you're doing it with my daughter, you know. Um, my daughter's 33 years old now. And some people would say, well, you know, your daughter's grown. That don't mean a damn thing to me because she's still my daughter. I had her. And I know that this guy that she has in her life and a lot of men, they'd be around her. Oh, this my bitch or oh, this my name on her or just my pussy and shit like that. That's how they act down there in Detroit. They've always been like that. They always talk like that. But let me tell you something. That's my daughter. I had her because without me, you don't have a girlfriend or a wife or whatever it is. You just enjoying the pleasure. Pokey. That's all you're doing. That's all I can feel about this guy that she's with. I don't care. Everyone tell me, oh, the last guy she's supposed to have supposed to have been a good man. Yeah, and when, when I read him, I said, no, he's a bad guy. He's not a good guy. The guy that's tried to stab her and take her life. No, he's not a good guy. I don't like this one either because he looked like he got junky hands. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. You can't come home to me. Let me tell you how my daughter is. My real daughter is. The real Kristen. The real Kristen, if she was doing well and had a good relationship, she want to show her mama how well she's doing. She want to show her mother and bring home a good person, a good man, somebody who got it going on, who got a good job, who takes good care of her, who's not abusive. She'll bring it home to me and show me. You best believe that. Got a good life, good car. She want to bring it home, drive it down and everything. Mom, look at my accomplishments. That's the type of daughter I got. No, my daughter would never say, oh, mom, you can't come stay with me. No, to me, that's abuse. And I got a feeling she's in an abusive relationship. I don't see it. Because the things that we talked about, I picked up on, I don't believe her. Like she has these so-called jobs working at the pharmacy. I looked her up on a Michigan um, internet to see if she was licensed. Was she a pharmacist? No. When I looked her up on the internet to see if she was a licensed pharmacist tech, was she licensed? No. Then she went to school and said she's supposed to went to school to this other college and said that she was a, um, a physician assistant. I looked her up on the Michigan State license. Was she a licensed? No. And then the school she said she went to didn't even have physician assistant curriculum. So I'm going to say this on my podcast to America, to everyone, because I want everyone to know if anything ever happens to my daughter, I want to put it out there. Because everyone back home in Detroit, Michigan is saying all these nasty things about me, writing up false reports about me, false police reports about me that never happened. Stuff they wrote about me, I'm in Nigeria, and they wrote fake police reports about me of things that never took place and never happened. Stuff her father has never done to her because he was incarcerated for 30 years. He's never even done anything to her. So they come up with things like molestation and things like that. Like, oh, who did that? Then there's this one girl in Detroit that's supposed to have been my sister named Nicole, but not Nicole Chapman, but another Nicole. And she come off on Facebook talking about, oh, you know, uh, you ain't shit, you ain't nobody, this and that, woo, woo, woo. Then she'll get on my messenger talking about stuff about molestation and shit like that. I said, huh, yeah, what, what, what? Okay, now I would admit one time my daughter did get molested by a visitor in my home, but he's dead. My landlord was a police officer and his partner owned the building and they shot his ass. So there you are. Okay. Um, um, so my thing is this, you, my sister, 
but you didn't call me when this happened. You know so damn much, but you didn't call me when this happened. I'm not that type of mama. I would never let nobody just molest my daughter and get away with it. Hell no. I'm going all out, okay? I'm going all out. Now, the other thing that has been going on with my situation with my family, because this is all in my book called Pimp by Blood. Um, a woman who had been looking after me after my mother Florence passed. My birth certificate has changed. It's a different name and a different mama on there now. No adoption. I don't know how the fuck this happened. But what I will tell you is this. I remember my original birth certificate and seeing it and my mother showing it to me. So, what I will say is this. This woman has tried to erase my mother completely. Saying she's my mama. She had me. She gave birth to me. No, you didn't. You was my babysitter. And she tried to turn it all around like, oh, my daughter's like, oh, well, you know, what grandma, no, 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 no. She's not your grandmother. So I had to come to this agreement finally with my DNA ancestry test. She took her DNA ancestry test before I did. Don't matter if she used a different name. She didn't pop up as my mother. She didn't even pop up as a cousin. Her blood type is not even my blood type. I'm not going with this story no more. I'm not going with her story, her lies, with her or the man she chose that she want to call my daddy. Because it ain't nothing there. It's not real. And I'm not afraid, America, to tell you my story, what I go through, what I've been through with these people in Detroit, because they're fake. I don't give a damn who got money, who pay people to say what they got to say, keep what they need to keep in the past or in the darkness or whatever the fuck they got to do, who they pay to be on TV or whatever it is. I'm the real thing. And let me say something to you, America. I live this with my mother, Florence Ballard. I lived through all the experience of my life with my mother from birth to her death. And I'm going to tell you something. Dream Girls is a true story. It's a true story. I lived it. I am Nicole. Now... I'm going to tell you something about the scene in Dreamgirls at the welfare office. It's true. I lived that. I experienced that. And let me tell you what happened at the welfare office. At the welfare office, I was with my mom, Florence. And let me tell you how this happened. Initially, my mother did not go to the welfare office to get on welfare. She had a relative who came home who went themselves to go get on welfare. But instead, they offered them a job as a social worker. So she went into the training to become a social worker. 
she came home and she told my mom, hey, they're hiring at the social services and they're giving out jobs. Won't you go check it out? She didn't say, oh, go apply for welfare because she went to go apply for welfare for herself. Named Dee Dee applied for welfare herself. And then she came home, I think she applied as a single person. And then she came home and told my mom that they're applying, uh, she applied for welfare, but instead they offer her a job. That's how my mom got to the welfare office. My mother didn't go to get on welfare, she went for a job. And that's why you have a picture of my mother with her hair done, wearing a nice suit, with a nice hairstyle. And I I, I wish I can show this photograph to you. She's wearing a beige suit because she went for a job. And so here comes Gladys Chapman walking in the door. Where you been? Gladys Chapman was married to a white man, an editor or pub uh, editor for the Detroit News or Free Press. They had three daughters, black and white. Yeah, bitch, I'm telling your business. And um, in my book and on podcast, who I am, I'm telling it. And um, she said, where you been? And my mom said, oh, I went down to the warehouse. Oh, 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 I'm a apprentice. I'm going to go print this. I'm going to go print this in the papers. So she went back home and told her husband that she went down to the welfare office. My mama wasn't on welfare for that reason. She might have got on welfare later on, but that's not why she went down there. I was there. And while we were at the welfare office, my mama's sister was at the welfare office already when we walked in. We walked into the welfare office. We sat down. It was in a crowded room. And I looked over, I said, Ma, ain't that Auntie? I said, ain't that Auntie D? And she said, she got up and she went over to her and she said, oh my God. And my aunt had black eyes. She was wearing a hat, pulled down her face, And she started crying. She said, you don't even recognize your own damn sister. And she had black eyes. That's not in the movie Dream Girls, but that's what happened at the welfare office. The real Nicole Ballard lived that. So we got home. And then my mom said, I ain't never going, my mom's sister said, I ain't never going back to him again. He had beat the hell out of me. And later on, she stayed with us for like two weeks. And then she moved to California with her son. And they've been living in California ever since. That's the real part of Dream Girls that you guys don't know about. But I live that. And um, it was sad, you know, and everything. So you hear about these stories that's in the media that my mama was being beat up by a man. Uh -uh. I lived in a house with my mama. I ain't never seen no man hit my mama. If they did, I would have been fighting back and helping her fight. 
fuck that. You ain't gonna put your hands on my mama. Bruise my mama up. My mama ain't never been hit by no man in front of me, ever. And she ain't never came home, and I never seen no bruises, no black eyes, no scars, no marks, no nothing on my mother, ever. Ever. I guarantee you that. I didn't see my mama naked with... I didn't see my mama with just her bra on and panties on and everything. She ain't never had no black marks and scars on her body ever until her funeral, which uh, was something weird to me. But um, but I'm just going to say that. I, I didn't have that. But, you know, you have another Nicole. You have a Nicole Chapman, and then you have a Michelle that's supposed to be my twin. But I'm going to tell you something. Ever since my mama died, people have excluded me. Left me out of everything, taking everything I got out of my trust funds, bank accounts, and everything else, and put their kids up over me and say, these are Flo's kids instead. But you know what? I'm going to leave it the way it is. For one reason, it's because of Dreamgirls. Look at that movie one more time. I am the darkest child. Even in print. My mother named me Nicole because I was dark skin. I was born dark, but now you got a light skin Nicole. A light skin Nicole Chapman running around. I was dark. And I was darker than that, than that picture that you see in a newspaper. I was born very dark. And then I got lighter as I got older. Because I have Indian, India bloodline. And you know a lot of them are really dark. And then we have African in our bloodline as well. And they can be really dark with their pretty hair with the mixture so I was one of the babies that were with that real dark skin but with that real fine black hair that's how dark I was and pretty with big brown beautiful eyes and um I had a baby doll that matched my eyes and everything that my mama bought me too um but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the dream girls version and I thank Barry Gordy. I thank everyone who, I thank my Aunt Maxine for her books, Rags to Riches, Riches Back to Rags, for having me in her book as Nicole, her daughter, brown skin, wide nose, big eye, beautiful girl. Pretty brown girl, which you always call it as well. And uh, not light skin, Nicole, because that's what y'all look at today on TV, but that's not me. That's somebody else. Um, and that's not my mama's daughter. Um, but I think that version of Dream Girls, because in the movie, you have just one daughter, one child of Florence Ballard, of Effie, one daughter a daughter not three daughters not twins but one daughter and I'm gonna keep that standalone position 
because I'm happy with it. And I'm happy for being acknowledged as that. I'm happy for the exclusion that people have done to me. But they're down there with my daughter trying to change things up, remodify things and replay it out on what happened to my mom. I see it happening. I see it from here. And that's why I'm on the podcast. But you know what? I love my grandchildren. I'm a writer. All I can do is write my books and leave my sales and revenue and copyrights to my grandchildren. Regardless if my daughter wants to be in my life or not, you best believe my will is going to have everything that they have done to me in my will. And I'm going to tell my attorney, this is what they did to me. This is what they did to my daughter. This is how they stole her. They took me when my mom died, gave me raggedy clothes, hand-me-down clothes and everything. And my daughter don't think they're going to do the same thing to her kids. They will. They will. They already stuck an earring in my grandson's ear and want to make him gay. Because why? Because many of the women were gay. Um, and when I say gay, they was mad about a woman being with a man and didn't like that. They were so bad, they'll set you up with rape. And then you know what they'll do? They want a woman to get raped and then sit up there and want her to cry on their shoulder because she want her to feel like she got to depend on them now emotionally. Oh, yeah. I ain't mentioned its bitch name yet, but I've got it in my book. Pick it up. Um, telling your business, telling your business. You thought I forgot about all this, but I didn't. I didn't forget. Oh, no, 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 no. Talking to me, firstborn. You best believe that. Anyway, I just had to go there. But anyway, that's my Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving is what? Thank you, God, for having a recollection of memory. Thank you for being able to memorize and memory everything in my past. Whether I had it good or bad, I remember. Do you remember the time? I remember it. Um, I ain't gonna go there with the other shit. Deep. Pick it up in my book, though. (laughs) It's called Secrets Kept. From Pinehurst to Havenhurst. Everybody got a story that needs to be told. That's the name of my book. My novel. Written by Variety Shunnevere. Why do I have the name Variety Shunnevere? Maybe I need to clarify that. I took on the name Variety Shunnevere because my name, Nicole, was no longer being used. It was taken from me um, when I was like in the second grade or so. And, uh, what was maybe second? Mm, yeah, somewhere in the second or third grade, my name got changed to Rosalind. And um, 
I didn't feel love. I didn't feel love. I didn't like it. I didn't like people trying to just push everything down on the ground. I wasn't happy with a lot of things. I wasn't happy with the funeral of my mother. I was sad as fuck. I walked up in that funeral, man. I was angry. And I looked at my mom's sister and said, why didn't you call me when I called you? Why didn't you come see about me? Why didn't you help me? I was mad at her. And she just turned her head and just kept looking straight. I was upset. I was hurt. I sat down and the pastor just stared at me for a minute, a couple moments, and I just looked up at the pastor with tears. It's the worst day of my life, having to see my mom in a casket. It was the worst day of my life, having to see my father in a casket. My best friend's gone forever. People wanted to steal both of them from me, and they did. And they feel like they wanted to have gotten over so much on me over the years so they can gain what they need profitable. And they did. And then changed my name, changed my identity, and give it to their fucking kids. And act like, she ain't real, she ain't real, she ain't real, she ain't real. But it happened. And I'm not afraid to talk about it. I used to go on television when I was little. I used to be with Diana Ross, but no, that became Rhonda. You know, but it's all good though. It's all good. It's all good. Cause I said, hell, if that's Rhonda in the hell, Rhonda in her 50s then. She ain't that damn young. That's my response to that. She ain't that young. She ain't born in the 70s. No, she born in the 60s then. If you want to call her me, because I remember all my photographs. I remember taking every picture and where I was at and where I was going. You best to believe that. But no, no, no. Everybody want to change all that up. But I know me when I see me. And let me tell you, America, don't ever let somebody say when you're looking in the mirror at yourself and say, that's not you. Remember that. Because that's a crazy ass motherfucker. Don't ever be looking in the mirror or see yourself and someone say, that's not you. Because they're crazy as hell. So, know that it's you. Always remember what you look like. So, um, yeah, that happened to me. I get emotional when I talk about my mom and my experiences. I do. I, I have no choice but to get emotional because I do. Um... And then just my experiences, just relationships with men, so on and so forth. I do kind of remember, I do kind of regret being with Floyd Mayweather Jr. in a way, only because um, we didn't get a chance to really grow anymore after we got on on the West Coast. We were cool when we was down there in the West in Michigan. We were cool. Um because we rekindled our relationship and everything. and But I knew, I said, when we get out here in California on the West Coast, it's going to be different type of women, and it ain't going to be this slow motion thing that we got going here, trying to grow, trying to get to know each other, taking it one day at a time. And I was right. You saying I'm going to be a boxer, or I am a boxer, or I'm an entertainer, boom, there it is. Let's get in the bed. That's it. It's over. 
I was dumb. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen, though. But we, Floyd and I have always slept together. I'm going to tell you, we, we've had a platonic relationship over the years. We've had slept together in the bed many times and never had sex. So um, I used to go to bed with Floyd at night, even in New York City when we were kids. I would hold him all day and watch boxing with him, and we would go into bed together and sleep together, and I would cuddle him, and we would sleep together and go to sleep. We we slept together at his home in um, Las Vegas, but, you know, it was like that. We just cuddled and went to sleep, you know. But I knew there were times Floyd wanted to go take it more than that. But um, my mind was somewhere else on certain things, with him being with other girls, and I was like, could have happened had you not had another girl there in my face. <laughs> ah, and I was like, not tonight. And you know, that was my thing. You know, so um, that was it. You know, but he's a beautiful man, a beautiful soul, a beautiful person, and he's always been a beautiful boy and um, young man, and um. He was always sweet, and he's still a sweet person today, I think. He may get arrogant or whatever, but he's still sweet on the inside. He is. He's wonderful. He really is. People wouldn't be taking advantage of him if he wasn't. I don't think so. You know, regardless of the things that people have said about abuse about him in the past and newspapers and on social media well you know women come around they'll say it's not going to happen to me he's not like that with me he really loves me he's giving me diamonds too i'm here well you know what i'm driving his bentley's and stuff like that and i want to be a part of this and this is that and this and that so you know that's it that's all that it is you know but he's always been beautiful you know, uh, my love for him has always been sincere and genuine from the beginning. And we were two kids who knew what love is and black love, true black love. And that's how we grew up. But I do, I, I mean, because, you know, there was a time where he was like, you know, live with me here, you know, at my house. And we're buying a new house and, you know, I get you a new house here in, in Nevada. You know, I thought about it, but I was like, I'm trying to get to California and do this one thing, you know. But I moved to um, West Hollywood, California, and I was living in an apartment out there and stuff. But had I stayed out there, then I would say that I would be where everyone else is at right now as far as, like, under his wing with the money on a team and stuff like that because I'm not on the money team and stuff like that but other people are and had I just you know made the decision to go ahead and stay out there I would be there I'm sure I would be there but I'm not there like that you know anymore but um I used to be on this team but I'm still on this team I'm just not on the team like like how other people have been on this team you know but um uh, my team, I don't have a team. I root for myself. I'm my own pom-pom girl. I'm my own cheerleader. You know it. Um, that type of thing. So um, um, that, that's where it's at, you know, for me. Because uh, we didn't get a chance to have kids together. Uh, my daughter, Christian, is not his daughter. Um, I didn't want Floyd to get close to my daughter in a way where he started raising her or wanted to adopt her or whatever. And then she want to go back to her dad who was in the pen. I didn't want that for him. I didn't want him to get that heartache or that break like that. She might have eventually said, okay, I'm driving Bentleys and Ferraris and stuff like that and still went home to Detroit and still got involved with the same people that she's involved with now. 
I didn't want that. I didn't want that being brought to him. You know what I mean? I don't want that being brought to our home because I wasn't like that. I wasn't a gang member. I wasn't a drug addict. I didn't do drugs. I wasn't a prostitute. I didn't do any of those things. I was a square. I'm still a square. You know, I wasn't into guys like that. The guys that I had, boyfriends, they'd always end up having somebody else. So if I had a boyfriend, they were somebody that somebody wanted and they wanted to date them behind my back. So they went on there with somebody else. So I never really, there were people that I called my best friend, but I found out later on they really wasn't a best friend. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's been through this. You know, they get behind your back, they start saying, hey, 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 this is what's going on. Woo, 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 woo. How can I get in with you? How can I do this? Woo, 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 woo. This person is just in that woo, 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 so they can get in. So I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person in the world who's gone through this. I'm not the first person who's been cheated on. I'm not the first person whose child who has turned their back on their parent. And believe me, I'm doing every goddamn thing I can to make sure I got my ass financially secure. So when I get old, that child that's fucking up with me right now who don't want to be with me, who I can't be with and come visit my grandkids, so she say, and stay with her, best believe I'll make sure my ass financially secured and taken care of so I don't need that ass. Because you know what? I brought my daughter home from the hospital in a nice neighborhood in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I made sure that she had a good place to live, clothes on her back, shoes on her feet. I took good care of my child the best way that I could. I worked at the radio station in Detroit, Michigan. I was a news reporter in Grand Rapids. I worked at JCPenney's. I've had many jobs, many careers. I did all that I possibly can do. But you have to realize sometimes your children are not you. Your children are not yours. They belong to God. People always want to get at your kids and get at them in their ear and say something negative about you. People don't never have anything positive to say about me these days. But I have to talk about myself because I have to say it for me. And people are going to always be a judge of you. But when I was growing up, I didn't take it lightly. No, I did take it lightly. Because I knew in my mind, I used to say to myself, it's just a matter of time before I leave here. And I'm gone. But I have grandkids now. And it was my fault that I let my daughter go back to Detroit. I shouldn't have let her go back. I shouldn't have let her go back and visit people that hate me, that don't like me. That's my fault. I fucked up. I shouldn't have came to stay with Diana Ross in California. I fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. And she's a cousin, by the way. I should have done it. That's my fault. I'm a child, or was a child, that people hated. Jealous of a baby who had no idea of why the fuck these people are feeling the way that they do. Grown ass motherfuckers. Grown ass women. It ain't my fault people share the same goddamn man. It ain't my fault people slept with their sister's man. It ain't my damn fault people did the shit that they did. Ain't got nothing to do with that. But you know what? They put my ass in the middle of it. But they had to hate me, take from me anyway. 
because they just wanted revenge. So I have nothing else better to do with my time in life but talk about what happened to me and my version and my side of the story. They might tell you, oh, it ain't real. Ain't nobody dealing with me these days. I was growing up, I had sisters, I had cousins. My grandparents, we used to all get together all at the same time for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and everything else before my grandparents died. That doesn't happen anymore. My mother died, everybody stopped inviting me to places, birthday parties, you name it. I didn't even have my own damn birthday party no more. People did everything they could when I was little to make sure I had no friends, no family around me. I was treated just like a foster care child. And it was written somewhere that I was. But um, the thing is this, I'm grown now. And people are always going to say to you, you grown now. You got to sometimes, you got to just bite the grind, swallow it, and just start all over. And I've had to start over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm strong. And I thank God, and I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving for being a Sagittarius, being a fire sign. I'm special. I know I'm special. Let me tell you how I know I'm special. I'm special because remember a few years ago in 2014, Jupiter, Mars, and what's the other planet? Jupiter, Mars, and I think it was Neptune. No, Venus all danced together. It formed the shape of a V. My mother got a picture holding her hands up, shaped like a V. And I look at that like, Mom had some type of intuition that I was going to have a different name. Like it was maybe going to be a V. That's what I think about when I see that picture. V, like variety. And I thank you, America, because now, right now, on my podcast, I'm 91% of USA being listened to. And I love you all for listening to me and giving me an opportunity to hear my voice and me speak out. Because over the years, people have said, where's Florence child? Where's Flo child? Whatever happened to her? Where's, what happened? You know, there have been times when people have been on television that knew me as a child growing up and said, that's not Flo, daughter. That's not Nicole. Where's Flo? They'll get on the forums, be like, where's Flo's daughter? Where's Nicole? Where's her daughter at? That's, that's not her. So I came out and I emerged on YouTube. And first I came out on YouTube as her niece. And I wasn't ready to say I was her daughter. But I got a YouTube video, I'm sitting there and saying I'm her niece. But I I wasn't able to get there yet. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. I was going ready to cry, but I held it in as much as I could. And I laughed through it. I laughed through it because I just wasn't ready to go there to that past again, but I went there a little bit, you know, just talking about her, her age. I just, to open that up, to open up that can, to just open it, pull it back just a little bit, just to to pull that zipper down a little bit. I just wasn't ready, but I, I, I went through it. I got through it, but 
it was good for me to go through it because I believe that my mother and my father in heaven said go through it it's your time now to go through this and believe me I will say to you all I'm not alone my mom is dead physically but she ain't dead in the spirit and let me tell you how I know I have seen this this figure that looks like a white woman and my mom was very fair skinned coming down the stairs with my dogs and I used to be like Who is this woman coming downstairs with this dog, this white woman? But my grandmother was fair-skinned too. And then I had, you know, white ancestors as well. But I realized it was my mom, because she was wearing white, coming down the stairs. And then there have been times then I seen something that looked in the dark like a demon with red eyes too. But it never bothered me. It always came near me, but it had red eyes, but it didn't bother me, it didn't jump me, it didn't hurt me. But I would stare at it like, what the fuck? What is this, you know? But I don't know if it was something that was transforming from that spirit into that or what it was. Because maybe at that time, maybe the spirit just wasn't right when it left, you know what I mean? And it happens like that. But um, there have been times where I've cried at night in my apartment and just bail it all out, you know? And I saw a hand on my shoulder and I could feel it. And I looked at this same hand. Just like when she holding my shoulder. for the Jet Magazine photo shot. Her hand is on my shoulder. All I can tell you, my mother's gone, but that woman can't leave me. She left me on this earth. She know I'm by myself. But my mother can't walk away from me in the spirit. My father can't walk away from me in the spirit. I've had dreams about my father coming to me, knocking on the door, handing me an envelope. My grandmother can't leave me. I had a dream about her last night. And she was younger, though, when I had my dream about her, and she was crying. She can't leave me either. And I've been having dreams for a couple months now, and they're all in Hebrew language. So I wanna learn the Hebrew language. I wanna learn how to speak Hebrew because my dreams in the language that I'm dreaming about is in Hebrew language and I don't speak Hebrew. So my ancestors, I got to find those that do. And I got a cousin who's 
um, from India who said he wants to teach me how to speak Hindu. So maybe I'll get close to it in that way. You know? I'm sorry for getting choked up on that, but that's just part of my story. You know, a lot of people have been torn away from me in my life, but it's okay. You know, I got to deal with it. But I'm still strong, and I'm still grateful, and I'm still with God anyway. But I'm not the only one who's ever gone through these type of things. There are people out there like me, you know, and, and I'm not ashamed of my past. I'm not ashamed of my parents. I'm not ashamed of people getting over on me, stealing from me. I'm not ashamed of it because I'm talking about it. It's my story. They can say she ain't real. They can say she ain't got it like that. They can say she ain't nobody. They can say she ain't flow child. They can say what they want to say because they ain't changed documents. It's okay. My blood type, my DNA is still my mama's. You want to match my dental records? Let's go. Let's pull her ass up off the ground in. Let's pull up that skeleton. Match my ass. You want to pull up something? Let's go. Let's do it. I'm ready. You want to go get some coroner's uh, samples of her, of her remains? Let's do it. Put it against me. I guarantee you I'm 99.9%. I guarantee you that. You want to take hair strands of hers and mine matching? Let's do it. Let's go. I guarantee you Nicole Chapman ain't me. I'm the real deal. I'm the real thing. And it was explained enough to me in Dreams Girl because there was only one and that's me and I'm that one and I am Nicole I am her daughter I am Rosalind I am Renee and I'm still here yes my daughter's been taken from me but she won her own role but I know at the same time that ain't her out there either Because I know my daughter, I know my child. I know the history of people. My daughter doesn't know anything about the 70s and what took place in my past. But people are going to lie about it, and they have, and they've gotten away with it. But I know the difference between Tracy, Alice, and Rhonda Ross. I know them. I grew up with them. I'm older than they are. I know the difference between photographs or who's sitting in the pictures. I know where I took them, where they were taking at, how old I was, what they was taking for, and everything. So I'm not ashamed of anything. You want a lie detector test? Let's do it. Let's go there. I don't have a problem taking a lie detector test. Put me on Jerry Springer if you want to. I don't have a problem with it. Let's go. Because I know I'm not no lie. I'm the real deal. Sad to people and lie to their children. Because I didn't lie to mine. I decided to tell my daughter that the woman in Detroit, Michigan, named Arlene, ain't your grandmother. Florence Bella is your grandmother. And why did I tell her? Because her DNA don't match my DNA. Her blood type is not my blood type. That's why. But my daughter, 
right now is still with people that hate me. She around those that hate my mama, as far as I'm concerned. She's not with me, she's with them. And that's the difference in my life right now. So, basically that's it. But at the end of the day, I'm still grateful and I'm thankful because I'm still here. People might see failure in my life in a lot of ways. Maybe they say, oh, she's not on top. She's not with Floyd. Floyd not buying her Bentley's cars and houses or giving her $30 million. He's not acknowledging her. She's not there with him no more. She was, but she not now. She not on his money team. But you know what? I'm good. Because sometimes it's good to ride solo. My next goal I want, I want to learn how to ride a motorcycle. I want to just pay to win. I love motorcycles. I love fast cars too. Um, I'm comfortable in my skin, y'all. You know, it don't matter. I'm happy in my own place, in my own space. I really am. I don't got a good man in my life right now. I don't got a man that love me right now. I don't got a man buy me ice right now. But you know what? I've been taught to do for myself because my daddy told me, you got to take care of yourself. You got to do for yourself. I'm not going to always be here. My parents already knew. My daddy knew he wasn't going to always be here. My uncle told me the same thing. I'm not going to always be here. You're going to have to get up underneath this hood of this car and learn how to change your oil. I'm not going to always be here. You got to learn how to change your tire. I'm not going to always be here. I grew up, y'all. I've been able to have maids and things like that. And I, I want to say that me and my dreams of having Hebrew languages in my dreams, I had dreams of myself being Cleopatra back in the day in Egypt that I was Cleopatra reincarnated. I feel I'm reincarnated and I see it, I am. But I was married to Floyd Mayweather Jr. as my husband. And they, things ain't no different. <laughs> I told my cousin, I said, yeah, yeah, but you know what? He used to go out and have different women and bring back the children and say, a child creates a family. <laughs> he used to say that to me back then in the Egyptian days. And I believe it. That's why I'm having these dreams of Hebrew. Maybe my time is near. Maybe my mama can't take it no more seeing me down here by myself. Said, damn, your daughter don't even give a fuck about you. My first grandchild, you know? Maybe that's what's going on, I don't know. But you know what? I gotta live for my grandchildren because I've seen the future for them. I don't want them depressed. I don't want them on drugs. I don't want them fat and obese because people want them to be like that. I want to be the best grandmother that possibly can be. How can I be that? Is it going back to Detroit, living there? Yes and no. I got to make things happen. I'm also a Batal by blood as well. And I tell people, you are India Indian as well like me. You African like me. 
some of y'all look white. But we still here. You can't change nothing that has been done already. You can't change the entanglement that they've had. You can't change the migration that they've had sexually of coming together with India Indians, with Kenyan Africans, or any other African, a Nigerian, and Ghanaian, because our DNA, blood type, and ancestry matches each other. So we here, and I'm not ashamed of it. And I hope you're not ashamed of it, because we here. We all here right now, and it is what it is. And I'm not ashamed of my ancestry of being European either, or Native American, or Eskimo. I'm part of a great history. I'm part of great cultures. Whether people want to disown me because I've gotten darker over the years with my skin tone, it's okay. But I don't live spending my life being a color. I just don't. I grew up with different ethnicities around me as a child. My white family, my Asian family, Eskimos, the Indians, I grew up with all these people. I came up with them as I was growing up as a child, but they all went separate ways when my mama died or I was taken out of their life. So these people don't remember me. Some of them don't. All of them have not forgotten about me because I rekindled with a lot of them. But with me being in California, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of the the Asians and the Eskimos and the Indians, Um, the women, beautiful women, gorgeous women, women in the 50s and 60s and 70s, gorgeous. They skin so tight, they got bodies of a 20-year-old woman. They fit, they pretty, they youthful looking, they sweet. I can't imagine why a man would want to hit a woman like that or abuse a woman like that. It's crazy. Their spirit is beautiful. I mean, it's peaceful and calm, just beautiful. They got white teeth. They got pretty hair, just like my grandmother's. It's wavy. They look like me. We talk every day. I'm so happy. Let me tell you something. I was alone a long time, and I just started praying. I said, Mama, you see me down here. Daddy, you see me down here. Grandma, y'all see me down here. I'm by myself down here in California. You see me down here on this earth by myself. You got to send me somebody. Somebody that's real. You got to bring me somebody in my life that's real. That want to be in my life. That want to be a part of my life. You got to do something. You got to connect me to my people who I belong to. These people don't give a fuck about me in Detroit. They don't love me. You ain't seen this. You ain't seen what it happened to me since you ain't died. Mama, you got to help me. You got to help me, mama. 
Daddy, you got to help me. Grandma, you got to help me. Granddad, you got to help me. You see what has been going on down here. You seen that motherfuckers don't give a fuck about me. They'll take every damn thing I got. They'll transfer one title to another title to another title, get a new trust, start a new trust in somebody else's name and their kid's name, so on and so forth. You ain't seen it a million times. Mama, you gotta help me. You gotta help me do something. Grandma, you always told me you gonna be something special. You told me that, mama. You said you special. Something about you is special. You gonna be something special. I don't know what it is, but you gonna be something special. Just like Floyd Mayweather mama said that to him. You gonna be something special. You different than all the other kids. And I know that. And I believe that because I can handle most of the shit I ain't been through. And it don't mean shit to me. My daddy taught me, you gotta be by yourself. You ain't seen me in these homes by myself. Ain't nobody home with me. I'm in a house by myself. Ain't no damn twin with me. You see that from heaven. And that's what I used to say to my mother. I took a DNA test. It said, take DNA ancestry test. I start connecting with all these other relatives. And then something happened with the National Geographic DNA test. Somebody wanted to block that. They didn't want me to get the real truth through that. But I got it through other ones, though. But I met some great people. And they've been through what I've been through. It's amazing. I ain't the only one who's been giving up. Come to find that out, they've been giving up, too. Like, you've been giving up, too? It happened to you, uh-huh, and they cousins. Damn, why did this happen? We are trying to figure it out. But you know what? We got some good people. I got some, I met some nice people around me. And man, let me tell you something. These people can handle struggle. They can handle whatever they go through. When I say black don't crack, for real. These Asian, Eskimo, black, African mixed women, beautiful women, they don't look like nothing is going on in their life. And they carry themselves like ain't nothing going on, gracefully. I cling to these women. They not getting big and fat and old looking or nothing. They are strong. And I'm, I'm feeding off their strength because it's beautiful. They beautiful, man. I mean, they smile like I do. We all got white teeth. We all sharing beauty secrets. They use charcoal like I use charcoal. I use charcoal to brush my teeth. They use charcoal to cure cancer in their bodies. Okay, passing the knowledge on to me. I'm grateful to that. Because I don't need millions of dollars to find out something simple to do. We learning these things. When I was a little girl, I used to grow up around seamstress. Most of the women had sewing machines and they sewed by hands. My mother's mother, Lurley, she used to give me uh, gifts like pottery. 
with cement to learn how to make a pot through cement on the on the wheel and the wheel turn just like it was in the movie uh ghosts and um she used to do knitting and teach me how to knit when i was a little girl because my my grandma was native american so she wanted to teach me these different things how to make little quilts or um little um pot holders and things like that when I was little you know I had a diversity growing up because all these cultures and Asian and Indian and African they all make textile uh, um, things that we can use so I'm used to good fabrics not cheap fabric great fabrics long-lasting fabrics women who have made curtains and sewed them on the sewing machine with the best fabric. I look at the the shoes and remember the shoes I used to wear on my feet. They used to say man-made at the bottom of my, of my shoe on my feet. Then after a while, they start saying USA. And then people wanted to start stamping the tongues in them to give a name brand. But I remember the best shoes on my feet. The soles of my feet were hard soles. These shoes these days are cheap as hell. They just sew them together. Now you got clothing and things like that that causes reproductive systems of a woman to stop working to give you cancer. We got cancerous things that we wear now. We didn't have that back then. You want to fight for something as a president? Fight for that. Fight for that. People are trying to stop us from having kids. So, um, I remember these things growing up, and I cherish, and I carry them with me every day, and I cherish it every day. Every day, I cherish it. So you can call who you want to call in the newspaper and change it up and say, that's Rhonda or somebody else, all you want to. But I know me when I see me. I remember my habits. I'm the only one that used to take my finger and rub it on a child's hair. Because I was always curious about everybody's hair. I would take my finger and just slightly rub your hair with my finger because I was always curious about the grade of people's hair. I don't know why, but I just like to feel people's hair with my finger, one little finger. And if you ever see pictures on Pinterest or anything of me with pigtails, and a woman that looked like Diana Ross, that's me. Rubbing somebody's hair with the finger, that's me. Now, I always had that habit, always, I don't know why. But I'm not ashamed, America. And my fans worldwide, I'm not ashamed, I'm strong. Because, you know, I hold up that V sign. Y'all call it the Illuminati. I'm not a part of the Illuminati, but God showed me up in the sky with Mars, Jupiter, and Venus, or is it Mercury? Mercury, Jupiter, and Venus, I think. Then I'm a part of that because that's the fire sign. The Gemini, the Pisces, the Virgo, the Sagittarius, and the Taurus are all a part of that triangle. 
that dance together in space. And I'm a part of that. I like that. And I want to do something with all of those zodiac signs because it's powerful to me. And I have plans to, because I'm 50, I'm going to be 53 next month. I'm just getting started again. I want to do something with all the ancestry that I got. Because of my ancestry DNA, I'm, um, I'm Kenyan, I'm Nigerian, I'm Ghanaian, I'm Cameroon, I'm Tasanian, I'm Sierra Leone, and um, I'm India Indian, I'm Alaskan Eskimo Inuit, I'm Egyptian, and I'm um, European Scandinavian. I am. Um, Native American. I got a lot in me. And uh, and I'm Asian. I got um, Vietnamese. Asian in me as well. I want to buy homes in all these countries. I have a home in Nigeria. And comfort clothes so Judah Estates. Um, I bought it in 2003 when I got married briefly to a brief foreign marriage. It didn't last but a blink of an eye. But um, I want to live in all these countries. I want to reinstate all my birthrights in all these countries of my ancestry. I want to pass them on to my grandchildren. So whatever's been done over here in America, I'm going to undo anyway. Because I want to give my grandchildren these rights through me. Because all they're going to do is get from people in Detroit are lies. And I don't want them to keep living lies. I don't want people to whip their ass and think I'm going to get away just whipping their ass and beating their ass and treating them bad. There have been people that claim that they were Native Americans and all this stuff. They didn't like light-skinned people. But how, how can you not like light-skinned people when you're supposed to be a part of this family. But there have been people who say, you ain't part of this family. I'm glad I'm not. Let's do it. Let's just get it over with and get your ass away from mine. That's what I want them to do. Stop hanging around my child um, and my grandkids, you know? But my thing is this. I want to do something in all these countries. I want to build. I want my grandchildren to travel to all these countries. I want them to learn the languages. I want you to learn the textiles. I want them to have options. I don't want them to just stick to America. I don't want things to be stripped from them. I want to gain more to them. It's my job to do it as a grandparent and as a mother. My daughter's not going to go for it right now. She, ah, mom, you lying, I know. Whatever she got going on with them. She's like them now. That's how she is. She's acting like the people down there in Detroit now. But for my grandkids, it's up to me. I got to do it. It's my ancestry. Because these are my grandchildren. They're my bloodline. My DNA, Kamaya, Kimani, Cairo, Tian. And Kenneth. 
So, they're my bloodline. I need to do this for them. I want to meet more people from these cultures and these countries to help me build my grandchildren up to make them better people. I don't want my grandchildren living a lie. I want them to live in the truth because I'm not ashamed of who I am. There's some people ashamed to be African or look white and have African blood, even if it's 1%, they ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of shit. I'm not ashamed of having even white in me or Scandinavian. I love Scandinavian furniture. Now I know why. I want to learn and live in all these countries, even in Scandinavia. I want to learn live in all these countries. I want to become a resident of all these countries, Egypt, all of them, that I have an ancestry DNA in. It's very important to me. I want to speak the language, at least one language of African. I'm Igbo in Nigeria, but I got to find out about my Shanti in Kenya. You know what I mean? I want to be a part of all of that. I want to get a part of all these tribes. I want my grandkids to be a part of all these tribes. I want them to be known and knowledge. I want them to learn from all of this. This is who we are, and it can't be erased. What was done to me was just like slavery. Just tear it up, burn it, so my kids can be on top. But this DNA is still real today. I'm still Nicole. This is still my grandkids. Kristen is still my daughter. And I'm on a podcast letting you know, verbally. So, I want to meet my kin folks. There have been some people on my ancestry be like, oh my God, I got a black cousin. (laughs) How do you feel about having a white cousin? It ain't no big deal to me. I've been around white people and I've been around white relatives and the white relatives that I knew that I was growing up with. And even Tom Hanks, the actor, is my cousin. I was one of his greatest support system when he first decided that he wanted to become an actor. His daddy said, Jeffrey wants to become an actor. I said, you can do it, Jeffrey, you can do it. He said, oh, thank you. You know, so I know what it's like to support people in their dreams. And he's become one of the greatest actors of all time. And at the, at the end of the movie called uh, Da Vinci Code, he said, Rosalind, was the last living ancestry rose of Jesus. Thank you. And everyone did call me Rosalind. (laughs) So Joe Jackson used to call me Nicole and Jacksons. Joe used to say, why the hell you calling her Rosalind? That ain't her name. That ain't her name. (laughs) Oh man, Joseph Jackson. He was a nice guy to me though when I was little. Yeah, he didn't mind me being in it, you know, staying with him there. And the family was all right. It's cool. Um, I don't know. I just, I just want to, I just want to get on out there. I want to get my grandkids and just travel with them. You know, I want to get them what I got. 
I just want to build homes. I want to build buildings everywhere, different things in these countries. Even in Detroit, I want to build up some shit. I just want to make my landmark there too, you know? I just can't go out like that. I got to leave a blueprint. I want to give my grandkids copyrights and everything. I want nobody attaching themselves to me, erasing my mama, pretending like you my mama, erase my mama and feel like you got seniority and get over and get what I got and take from my grandkids. I don't want that. And now you want to get it from my daughter because you ain't brainwashed her ass. Now she like you. But I ain't gonna let, I ain't gonna stand for it, y'all. I ain't gonna stand for it. I'm gonna work my ass off to make my sure my grandkids, my lineage have the best. I'm gonna do the best I can. The best I can. Pass on this podcast money. Pass pass on all this media, copyrights, everything. Everything. I wanted my grandkids' name. I'll be damned if I let this happen again. In whatever country I go to, I gotta make this happen. Because I know who's in cahoots with each other to keep up things going. Just so they can say, we got to just get over on her. I can't let her get ahead of me. You know. But it's all right. It's all good. It's, I got to make it happen. But like I said, my mom ain't left me spiritually. She's still here. So, and my daddy too. So I'm not alone. Like Michael Jackson used to say, you are not alone. I am here with you. Though you fall apart, you always in my heart. You are not alone. I am here with you. Oh my God, have they ever gotten on television a song before? Those three girls, they're supposed to be Florence Ballard's daughters. Stop in the name of love before you break my heart. Thinking over, thinking over. Hey, <laughs> everyone used to say Nicole can sing. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I do a little bit. I haven't done it professionally. I always wanted to be a singer growing up, though, but I do a little bit. Um, you know, um, that's basically it, y'all. That's my Thanksgiving podcast. I wasn't trying to make it long. It's almost going on two hours on this podcast, and I wasn't trying to do it that long, but I got into it. It kind of happens like that with me emotionally sometimes, and spiritually it happens, you know. (sighs) But um, I feel so much better. But I just wanted to let you know how I feel, America. And I hope everyone is going to have a great Thanksgiving anyway, in, in spite of the pandemic and the coronavirus and all that. Because I'm a survivor of all that, too. And um, I thank you all for listening and allowing me to be in your space and everything like that. Um, 
you know, it's, you know, I think about a lot of things. I'm, my books are being completed for you all to be able to pick up soon. I, well, damn, well, there's some libraries that's going to be open if you can walk into the libraries. Um, but, um, but it's under Variety Chenevert as an author. V-A-R-I-E-T-Y-C-H-E-N-E-V-E-R-T. Um, I gave myself that name. Did I complete that? I talk so damn much. Damn, I didn't get a reason. I gave myself the name Variety because I just felt like I wasn't loved with the name Rosalind that was being used. And um, I felt like when I got my new start in California that I needed to feel like I needed to get myself something new in Variety, the spice of life. Variety is the spice of life. That's what it comes up with. And I end up liking that. And a lot of people, when you say the name Variety, they say, ooh, that's a pretty name. I really like that name. And I didn't get that same response with the name Rosalind. You know, and I don't really get that same response with the name Nicole either, because it's very common. Both of those names are very common. But Variety, Chanevere, a lot of men say, ooh, that's beautiful. That's sexy. That's pretty. So it stuck with me, you know, and I like the name, and I feel comfortable with it. And um, there's so much that's been put on Rosalind and Nicole and those names and everything. I just need to step out and do something different for myself, you know, and um, and just be, you know, something different, you know, something uh, more inspiring for myself. And I, I would advise anyone to do that for themselves if, if you ever felt like you are not moving forward in, in the space in your life that give yourself a new name, something that's meaningful and pretty and it makes you feel, you know, like a king or a queen or something, you know, something that makes you feel like I have wisdom or something like that, you know, just do it, you know, and you're not alone. I'm, I'm, no, I'm human and I've been through a lot of things in my life. Um, I've been an orphan and I've been made fun of. I've been talked about and put down by my own. Even my own daughter had thrown stones at me. But you got to keep it going. You got to keep it moving. Keep being the best you can be anyway. Um, um, I keep her in prayer. That's why she's still alive today. There was a guy that tried to kill my daughter and stab her 16 times in 2016. I kept my daughter in prayer. You best believe those prayers were heard. And that's why she's still here. She might not thank me for it. She not believe in that. But she's still here because of me. You best believe that. That's my seed. That's my daughter. Keep praying for your kids anyway, even though they with people that hate you, don't like you, or whatever the case may be. Maybe with a new man, new boyfriend, they'll want to keep your children from away from you. Sound like a pimp to me, but it's all good. Sound like maybe drugs, but it's all good. Keep your kids in prayer anyway, because somebody's always going to pray for you, for the best for you, not against you. Because there are people who pray against you, too. But as long as you keep striving and keep getting closer to the Father in heaven or the divine or whatever you want to call him, they don't know where you are with him. Let that prayer go back to a sender if it's going to be negative. That's for you. Because whatever you ask for, you'll get. And it's going to be theirs. Guaranteed. So, but I always want the best for everyone to do better. I see people around town on crystal meth every day, walking around like robots, ain't got no shoes on their feet. I pray that everyone will get better, get healed some kind of way. I believe in healing, and I hope the world is healed, countries are healed, 
People are healed from diseases and viruses. I hope we can get back to doing things in the old ways, doing herbs, doing charcoal, healing ourselves, staying in prayer, doing yoga, doing what we need to do to be wholesome. Because it's not just about this money right now. We're going into, we are already in a digital currency already. And people are not going to be able to afford to buy Bitcoin for $10,000. They're not going to be able to do that. People can't even pay $1,000 for rent right now. You feel me? So you already know where poverty is headed. So it don't matter who's in the White House. That's their dream come true. That's their position. That's their title to live their dream, to run the world, to be a part on, on top. That's your dream. You got to still continue to do for yourself. Because these people ain't going to help you like you want them to help you. There's all kind of con artists and con games. You know what I'm saying? So you got to keep doing for yourself. My, my One of my Native American aunts said, you got to find out a way to work for yourself and make things work for you. You got to find a way to get yourself out of things and circumstances. That's what you got to do. You know, my aunt told me I used to be in the military. It ain't nothing in the military but pornography. You got to know where really this shit is coming from. You can't be fooled by people taking people in captivity or by hostage or with guns. Or you can't be fooled with these motherfuckers in uniforms. My aunt had told me the truth. This shit part of human trafficking too. Don't think that it's not. You know? So, I pray for our young boys and girls. People be truthful about what they go through. If you've been molested and that's the reason why you became gay, be honest about it. If you were raped and that's why you became gay, be honest about it. Don't be ashamed about it. Because I'm not ashamed. My daughter is not with me now. She's with those that hate me. You feel me? But I'm still with God. That's still my daughter. And I had her. But I know the nature of that child. And that's just how it is when you're a parent. But I'm going to keep praying for my grandchildren as well. Because I'm going to make it regardless. I've made it all these years. Even if I'm on my own by myself. Even if everybody has torn everything away from me. And I've made some mistakes in life my damn self. But I'm not going to give up because I'm not a failure. I've made it. My mother was a woman who got taken off from being a group that she formed and got pulled away from it. Florence Ballard, a supreme, a primate. People have called me monkey. So what if I look like one? I'm a primitive. That's all good. I'm before your time. I'm at the beginning of time. I'm at the front and I'm at the end. Let it be your call. I don't care. I'm still in. Let me look like a monkey. I cry, I'm a chief for your ass. If you want to, swing from one, two. I don't give a fuck. Because this bitch right here, I am a primitive. I don't mind being a primate. I don't mind being a supreme. And I don't mind being a monkey. Why? Because they motherfucking smart. So you can call me whatever the hell you want to call me. You can look at me and call my kids a monkey if you want to. They're part of me. We still duplicating, not at all. We still creating. We still progressing. We're still having babies. We're still having children. 
Now, I can't have kids no more because I'm in menopause, but it might be a miracle. I may not got a chance to have Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s baby. I'm older now, got white gray hair too, but that's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, so they say in the Bible. So I don't mind having white gray hair, but I still wear them lace wigs though. Don't get it twisted. But I don't trip on stuff like that because I love the movie called Lucy. And I understand because the first woman they say was a monkey named Lucy. And I don't mind being part of Lucy's legacy. I don't mind being that. I'm still existing and I'm still here. And I still got a lineage and I still got proof that I'm here. People are gonna change things around through documents. I don't care. My blood is still my blood. It's still me. I'm here to tell you, it's still me. This is my voice. Ain't nobody gonna duplicate me. I'm still me. But it's okay. I'm letting you know what's real and what's true for me. I live this every day. This is my ancestry. I'm Variety Shunavan. Soon I'm gonna be visual on Podcast Live, on the Kashi Media Podcast Live. But those of you who got a man, a husband, and children, and family all around you every day, God has truly blessed you all and continue to be blessed. But I'm also blessed too, because it also says in the Bible, a woman who's not married, who's alone, who's single, is just as blessed as those who have a partner, a husband, and family. We're blessed still the same, at the same measure. Um, so, uh, it's all good. But I'm glad I'm not a woman who wake up getting beat up on, been slapped, abused, neglected, raped by a man or a woman or a boyfriend or so-called fiance who want to keep me hostage, keep me from my family, or whatever the case may be. Take my money. I'm proud not to have no pimp. I pimp my damn self. There are a lot of people who want me to work for free. There are a lot of people who say, oh, okay, won't you do this so I ain't going to make no money, or I don't want to do this, or whatever. Or whatever I do, I don't like that, whatever. It's all good, because I'm doing it on my own. I take care of myself. I thank God for my daddy being a hustler. I thank God for my uncle telling me, you got to have book smarts and street smarts. I thank God for that. It goes a long way in life. Everybody ain't your friend, and I made that clear that they not. And a lot of people made me fr- uh, make it clear that I'm not their friend or their family either, or their relative. But I'm still here, and all I got right now is God and myself and my own works. All I got to continue to do is just do what I do. I've done construction. I know how to build homes from the ground. I know how to drill cement in the ground. I don't like doing the hard work like a man, but I learned how to do it. So I learned how to build. Because why? I experienced homelessness with my family, with my mother, and what it was like to lose it all. But I know how to gain it all too. It's in my nature to build, to be an architect. I have Egyptian bloodline. They built pyramids back in the day. I'm Alaskan, they build their their, their igloos. I'm African, they build huts too. 
You feel me? I'm Native American. They did that too. Built their huts or whatever they do. And they land. So I have to learn to do these things by hand. I watch YouTube watching a guy build his own home with sand in 30 days. If I got to go that goddamn route, I got to do it too. But he doing that shit alone. That shit is incredible. That, that man on YouTube building his own home alone with a stick. Amazing. I'm that type of primate. Let me be that primitive. I got to be. And it ain't cost him nothing. You feel me? I'm happy for all those who got a good man with a ring on their finger, wearing the ice on their hand, on their finger, they bracelets, buying them Jaguars, cars, and Bentleys, and everything. But I grew up with cars made of metal. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I grew up in the Motor City. I grew up in Motown. So I grew up having something different, not fiberglass. So I look at things a little different in value and some things, tactiles, clothing, and everything. I don't like cheap clothing. It's all good. There are models who, who, who model $30 clothing, but wear, but carry $10,000 handbags or $500,000 purses. It just doesn't match. But you know what? I'm proud of what has come out of Motown. I really am, you know? Cause, you know, Barry Gordy dressed up them young kids not to wear their pants sagging off their ass, but nice suits and of class. And I like that. So it was a good thing. Anyway, I'm going to end this podcast. My name is Variety Chanevere, also known as Nicole Renee Ballard, Rosny Lane, the firstborn daughter of Florence Glenda Ballard from the Supremes and the Primates. My mother was Florence Glenda Ballard from the Primates and the Supremes, who started the Supremes. Flow. Some call her Blondie. A lot of us offstage call her Penny. That's my mama. And yes, Penny was also called by Janet Jackson on Good Times. So, I hope you enjoyed this podcast live today on thing, my Thanksgiving. On my Thanksgiving and talking about my life. Part of it was probably depressing. Part of it is uplifting. But I hope you're uplifted and inspired to know that I've been through a lot of things, and I'm sure you have too, but you're not alone. I'm not alone. we in this together in our own little way. And I hope we all can keep up and keep our heads up. And um, if you got to cry, keep crying. It heals you. you got to express your feelings, express your feelings, because I'm expressing mine. I thank you all, and I thank you all for listening to me and giving me an opportunity to speak out about my life as the daughter of Florence Ballard and what my life was like without my mother. And growing up without her, I miss my mom, my dad, my grandparents, the people that really love me. There's no substitute for them. And one day I'll see you again. Someday we'll be together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Someday we'll be together, honey, 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 woo! See you, take care, goodbye. Hi, 
Hi, this is Variety Shunavir for Akashi Media Podcast Live, giving you an update on our audience listenership. Joining us, Italy. What's up, Italy? Italianos over there in Italy. Thank you so much for joining me on Akashi Media Podcast Live and my audience listenership. Continue to download us. Continue to stream us. Continue to listen to us. I am so happy to have you on the board of Akashi Media Podcast Live. And also, we still have with us the Philippines. Thank you, Philippines. Ghana. Thank you, Ghana. Mexico. Thank you, Mexico. Germany. Thank you, Germany. Canada. Thank you, Canada. And my United States of America. Thank you, USA. And UK, United Kingdom. Thank you, United Kingdom. Ireland. Thank you, Ireland. And India. Thank you, India. And I want to say a special thank you to Modi, my family, my relative, my blood, my ancestry DNA over there, the Prime Minister of India, who also gave a congratulations to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden for winning the election of 2020. Belgium. Thank you, Belgium. Russia, thank you, Russia. Singapore, thank you, Singapore. France, thank you, France, for such a beautiful language of French. Argentina, thank you, Argentina. Brazil, thank you, Brazil. I remember when I was a little girl, I used to go see Opa Opa, see all those beautiful dancers shaking and grooving and everything. I can't wait to put my daughter in a costume over there in the Brazil. Netherlands, thank you, Netherlands. Benin, thank you, Benin. And Nigeria, thank you, Nigeria. I have a home over there in Lagos and the Banana Islands and Pineapple Islands. I have family over there as well. Thank you so much. Sweden, thank you, Sweden, with all those beautiful hills going on the train. Oh, man, it's beautiful over there. Sundan, thank you. Mozambique, thank you so much, Mozambique. Ivory Coast, thank you. And Guatemala, thank you, Guatemala. I love all of you so much. And thank you so much for tuning in to Akashi Media Podcast Live. This is Variety Shunavir, your podcaster host. Keep tuning in, keep listening, keep streaming, and keep downloading. I love you. Thank you. Thank you.